to the dusty shelves where we we read books that aren't good, but aren't bad. I'm Bailey, and I don't know how to snap my fingers. I'm Katie, and yes, it's spelled that way. (laughs) K-E-Y-R-I. I'm Emily, and I'm in a gay relationship, and nobody can tell. (laughs) All right. (laughs) So, we are reading... Pride and Prejudice and Mistletoe by Melissa Dame LaCruz, because it's that time of year, the middle of May. Emily, would you like to read us? <laughs> Perfect time would for Would you Christmas like to read story. us the summary of this story? Yes, I'll try my best. All right. Anyway. Oh, goodness. All right. Oh, you already said the author and everything. I'm just going to yes. skip all the way in. Okay. okay, so Darcy Fitzwilliam is 29, beautiful, successful, and brilliant. She dates Het... Who? Hedge funders. Hedge funders funders and basketball stars and is never without her three cell phones. One for work, one for play, and one to throw at her assistant. Just kidding. Darcy's never fallen in love, never has time for anyone else's drama, and never goes home for Christmas if she can help it. But when her mother falls ill, she comes home to Ohio to spend the season with her family. Her parents throw their annual Christmas bash where she meets one Luke Bennett, the smart, slacker son of their neighbor. Luke is 32 years old and has never left home. He's a carpenter and makes beautiful furniture and is is content with his simple life. He comes from a family of five brothers, each one less... Ambitious. uh, Ambitious. Walter, don't drink my juice. (laughs) Each one less ambitious than the other. When Darcy and Luke fall into bed... After too many eggnobs, Darcy could have sex. Just another one night stand. (laughs) Why can't she stop thinking of Luke? What is it about him? And can she fall in love, or will her pride and his prejudice (laughs) against city girls stand in their way? He's gonna dick her. That's fine. (laughs) It's also really hard not to uh, read Luke and then picture Luke Hemmings because. That's mainly I will what I read s- about I mean, it's in the canon. Setting, it's canon. It's canon. I will Luke- say, I think I'm pretty sure the Hallmark movie adaptation cuts out the sex. Because <laughs> the good Christian it's a good Because it's a good Christian channel and they can't look at stuff like that. Amen. Hallmark's <laughs> a Christian channel? That's a thing? Uh, technically, it's considered a wholesome family channel. Wholesome? My butt. They portray They portray characters going to church and shit. Amen. Well, that I thought that was just like a small town thing. Like, well, it's uh, that's literally every town in every Hallmark movie. Okay. Well, you know okay. what? Well, Let's guess, get I to chapter one, you guys. All right. So chapter Wait, one. Chapter one. What comes up, Bailey? What's the song? Chapter What's one our opens. Song? Chapter one opens with Darcy riding in her family's car, driven by their. I'm assuming he's a driver or a butler of some sort. He doesn't Make, do much. Very unclear. He just Make, he's he works for the family and he is driving her from the airport. And currently coming through the radio is Last Christmas, specifically the Taylor Swift version. But Melissa does let us know that she knows the original version was written by Wham! Exclamation point in 1986 because she doesn't want you to think she's basic like other girls. She knows it's an 80s song, but she wants the pep of Taylor Swift and not because the, the moody 86 because yeah, every girl who's not like other girls really <laughs> listens to Wham and I also love I also love that the whole like she's 
driving home. She's here in a rush because her mom has had a heart attack. And wait, 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 wait! Don't get there yet, Bailey. Don't spoil the book. I, but I need. We're to not say, even okay. there. I, I We're not to, there yet. It's only two chapters. Listen, can we just say first? Okay, no, no I have to. No, wait, give me a second. Two chapters. Edward. We have to talk about edward and we have to clarify we will talk about edward but i need to know why this somber i think my mom might be dying mood is being set with taylor swift music <laughs> was I until they said like rearview mirror like oh, i was yeah. like i had no idea where we were like geez <clears throat> we could so, we're in the middle of ohio bailey so her driver the driver's name is edward and of course my only thought about it was my first Edward Cullen. Yes, it's it Edward Cullen. Edward Cullen's driving. She talks about how he has a grandfatherly twinkle and he's like 40 something, which like that's not old enough to be grandfatherly, I don't think. It's but not. whatever. And I would like to Unless say, you had a kid at I like would like 13. to say that they say that she says, as in Darcy, says that Edward has an impressively sharp memory. As For a 40-year-old. <laughs> old man at 40. Couldn't have a memory of her <laughs> at 29. But let's clarify. Edward would like us to know she is 29 and she's old. And she she's got old. no man. She got no marriage, no kids. She's what is she doing with her life? She's 29. She's 29. It's obvious she's going But she to looks die 24. Alone. Let's clarify. Okay. That. She looks that's 24. A, that's another thing I put in my notes is that. <laughs> She goes on about, I'm 29, but I don't look a day over 24. And it's like, 29 and 24 does not look that different. To the uh, point where yeah. if you see someone who looks like they might be in that age range, you just say they look in their mid to late 20s. Because you can't really tell. You don't really age at 20. I'm sorry. <laughs> no. I look the exact same. <laughs> I have not changed a single bit. Okay, so I do like, I do like, I feel like we're getting a Mary Sue character. Most likely. I oh yeah, I I thought that at first, but she doesn't fall into this the typical trope of like the I'm so plain. I just no, look like no, this. No, but she, she does have naturally long eyelashes. I yes. circled that, underlined. We stand a natural queen and self confident, <laughs> self confident queen. My thing is that like all of this description wasn't like you know necessary. Some third like. It's not from I, like a third point of view. It's 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 literally like her internal monologue because everything happening that's not in quotations is just what she's thinking yeah. because it's from her point of view. So, oh, well, I guess that is, but well, whatever. So, like, <laughs> it's not like someone else being like, oh, you look like you're 24. And then we get this information of like, oh, okay, so she looks younger than she is. Like, she's thinking this. So it's like, yeah. you think that she's you look 24. Yeah. And what she does talks, anybody else think? Like, there's this. Okay, so I sure. started making a note saying that the whole a main character looks in the mirror and describes themselves. It's typically a trope reserved for like fan fiction. But for then sure. I realized this is just a gender bend modern AU. Pride and prejudice. It has the potential to go so much further. It than does. Fan fiction, and okay, can I just say? Because there were some <laughs> lines that were so like. I actually liked that. Like, that was an impressive line. And I hope that it does mean what I think it means. 
and but like probably, you know, it was all metaphorical gosh. and everything like I want it to be but then I'd read something else and then she's like oh she's yeah. got her bottom lip and I'm like okay what the fuck are we doing because and can I clarify like, that one of her nicknames is Darcinator Darcinator <laughs> it's Darcinator also can I going back to the thing about the protagonist looking at herself I could have sworn even though she has hazel eyes she would like to clarify it she has hazel eyes that throw it to the gray side I, I felt blue. like that's just that's blue. dude like, just yeah no like, but this is the thing I was like she's gonna say some bullshit like my big chocolate brown eyes <laughs> with my long lashes okay Ohio I girl chill the freak down it didn't it didn't fall into the trope of calling her eyes orbs I will give her that oh thank God. <laughs> her that but i feel like that was like exclusive to like one direction fan fiction oh for sure it was like... not it was not i can tell you it was not you okay, well, never read no it. i will tell you it kind of is the doubt, as someone who has read other fan fiction besides k-pop fan fiction, fan fiction hey, no okay. i don't listen to k-pop I don't either. Don't tell the people my truth. You just outed yourself. You go, oh yeah, K-pop fan fiction. I said, I don't read that. And you go, oh yeah, no, neither do I. Okay, we'll go back to the topic. What sexuality do you think our main character is, kids? What is it? I'm saying she's a romantic ace because she talks about all these people. They ask, why or how are you still single? And she says, why don't I care? I think she's arrow ace. Katie. I'm gonna say it. She's demi. She's demisexual. There is a literal quote, and I typed this out in my notes. It says, it was that she had less than zero interest in doing these things with anyone who didn't make her heart absolutely melt. Demisexual. Yeah. Demi okay. romantic, probably too. There's something I, I noticed. Just gay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, just straight up. She, she... Because she, like, <laughs> says that she doesn't care but it's like exclusive to like her talking about like guys like oh why don't i care that the guy's interested in me and then like doesn't want to be and then she meets luke Carl. bennett's sister and, like <laughs> and i'm just like Ooh. well you don't like carl because you're gay even though you've known him also carl carl smells like, like carrots i swear because <laughs> she's known him for a long time which is what she's looking for but just isn't interested in him. Why? Because he's not a chick. Like, that's... Yeah. That's yeah, just... yeah. It's literally, that was all of my crushes on dudes before. I'm like, yeah, I have a crush on this dude. And then I would just never talk to that guy. Never felt anything. Meanwhile, a girl whose name shall not be named because I don't know if she's going to listen to this, uh, hugged me once and I thought, about, I thought about it for two days. I thought about it for two days. Ooh. And still convinced myself for like three more years that I was <laughs> at least by. Like, oh, at least two percent milk gay. That was that was literally what I used to say. I used to say I'm maybe two percent gay. Like I could maybe see myself with a girl, but only if she's like this. But now I'm just like, I don't know what the fuck was up with me. I was so far in the closet. I was like, I was buried under a pile of shoes. I was like, in there. But okay, so I wanted back to, to point topic. out. Yes, back to the topic. <laughs> I wanted to point out that throughout this. She doesn't ha okay, Melissa Mac Melissa, for some Dela reason, de yeah Melissa De La Cruz for some reason, the she doesn't seem to have any any skill in in subtlety or show don't tell. She just yes. flat out says in like the opening paragraph that 
her glamorous Manhattan life was missing family, people to love and be loved by. And it's like, ma'am, that's the lesson she's supposed to learn by like the end of the book. You can't just say she already knows that because you're, her motivation should be go home, see mom, make sure she's okay. And then slowly realize, oh, I missed being around my family. But instead she just flat out says that. And then we get the line, uh, let's see. The truth was that beneath her cool exterior was a very warm, very willing heart waiting patiently to give itself to the right person. When that's, you ha show don't tell. She's thinking this about herself. This is something that I, I pointed out in like the overall notes and not like chapter specific notes was that like there was a whole lot of like info dumps that like didn't do anything. Sometimes there's yes. like no other way around yes. it. But there were so many times that I was like, I could have not known this about her until like chapter five or until like chapter 10 because it'll keep me wanting to come <clears throat> back. Like, oh, she can't think like that. Like she, she has to realize this and then like figure out, okay, she did realize that. Like, whatever. Okay, we can move on. And, but like, and can she I also, realized oh, all of sorry. these things and like said all of these things and described all these things in like chapter one. And I'm just like, well, what else am I coming back for? Because like, yeah. I practically <clears throat> know her. Mm -hmm. All I'm looking forward to is, is Luke, apparently. But that <laughs> and, happens quickly honest. because it happens during Christmas. Unless this entire 200 page book is Christmas. <laughs> oh, Lord. Okay, so. <laughs> I, can I say, I say, yes, say yes, a yes. little comment? Yes. I think just the introduction itself felt very juvenile to me. Honestly, yeah. there is no need me to know that this song is played i don't even need to know that it was like like taylor swift or hoop saying the song i should have just been like i heard christmas music playing in the background of my radio and i would have been satisfied yeah and then she could have introduced it the book with what what is she doing here okay she's yeah. going back to ohio why because my my mother had a heart attack she also, could, I yes. think this would have been so much better if it was just first-person perspective, like right. Emily said. Honestly, if, it is terrible if, the way it's written. I, like, it seems so bizarre. And if the I book, wanted to rewrite yeah. the entirety of the first chapter because <laughs> I was just like, like with the music, she could have said, like, you know, we were in the car driving to the destination, right? And then said, like, and over the radio that was like you know kind of turned down there were like some like silver bells i could actually hear or something which like indicates that it's christmas music without explicitly saying it's, it's christmas music christmas and, song. and and then like with the um what was it never mind i got hung up on the silver bells thing, but like <laughs> <laughs> like there were so many ways that you could subtly say these things oh that's what i was gonna like there could have been like a flashback to like maybe not in like chapter mm -hmm. one but like wait until like chapter three four or five to say that like it was because her mom okay well maybe not that far but maybe yeah. until chapter two or three <clears throat> and say like you know the phone rang and then i flashed back to the last time it rang which was when she got asked home asked to come uh -huh. home because her mom had a heart attack like there could have been like a whole yeah like, and can you, I and also wait, 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 wait. Like, <laughs> you were holding your mom's frail, pale hand. Yeah. And then say, oh, she had a heart attack. Like, it yes. was nothing. Like, I wait, know. Wait like, until oh, the wait, heart attack part. Reason. I got one quote. Wait, we're not there yet, and I still need to say one more thing. Okay. But again, about the music playing through the speakers. If you wanted to set the tone, you could mention that, like, some cheerful Christmas music is playing, and you're not really feeling it because... You're driving home to see your mom and make sure she's okay. Like, yeah. can, can we also say, like, the protagonist is so obviously depressed. 
Yes. And it's so obvious that she's just like, "Hmm, I wonder why I feel so sad and lonely. But it feels like... It feels it's like she, the kind of depression where it's sort of soft like how and it's, gentle. It, no, 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 not not only that, but it's also like in. T- <laughs> I keep fucking coming back to Twilight. In Twilight. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, so in Twilight, the only literature that matters listen, here, Bailey. Listen, in Twilight, <laughs> Stephanie Meyer tries intentionally to write depression, and she messes it up. But when she For writes sure. Bella on like as a regular character. Stephanie does not realize she is writing a depressed character and Bella yes. is depressed all the time, but Stephanie doesn't know she's doing it. I feel like that's kind of what's going on here. Like yes. we are getting a depressed character, but not intentionally, I don't think. And I, I, I find think it so weird because she had like, to she just oh. doesn't add movement. Like she just is like, yes, like she's in her room and she's just like staring at all the walls and the stuff that's there. And the only way that I can imagine it is her just standing in the middle of the floor and just looking at all her shit. And it's just like, oh, I remember this. And oh, I remember this. And yes. let me tell you about this. Also, she and seems like, to oh, have this. Animal. Oh, I'm going to bed now. Oh. <laughs> I'm like, I don't even know how you got there. Like- uh, she also has seems to have like Darcy has this sort of vanity that is non-existent. I don't know how to explain it. But she says about the thing about the dresses. Like, she buys all these dresses during the Christmas time. Does all these things. Yet, she feels sort of upset about it. And that she has all this money. So, she's obviously depressed about the situation. Yeah. Because, like, why would you be buying all these things in such massive quantities? And drinking during Christmas alone. Just, God damn it, give the girl yes, a hug, y'all. I know. I, but anyways, I have, okay, so back to the, like, back to the, so, like so our protagonist, oh, okay, our protagonist is going down the road, and I she want, gets I to her to, freaking goldest wait, 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 before you get there, there is a line I want to uh-huh. point out. It says, oh, okay, an okay, elegant, they drive down an elegant street lined with quintessentially Ugh. Midwestern homes. Oh my god. Wait, wait, wait. wait. No, no, no. Corn everywhere. Two times. Corn Two everywhere. Time. Let me finish reading the sentence, you guys. <laughs> it's an elegant street lined with quintessentially Midwestern homes. And quintessentially, what else? Because it was quint- in there twice. A quintessentially, no, a quintessentially Midwestern <laughs> church. And I said, as someone from the Midwest, I don't know what the fuck this means. It's just, ha- it's just houses in a church. What the fuck? Mid- <laughs> there is no Midwestern look. They're just houses. You can well, tell that la- you can tell Melissa like, de la Cruz is Latina. What I'm I was picturing it. was like, um, was like. Because in my notes in that book, in, like in the digital book, I wrote um, that it gave off like Lady and the Tramp, Lady and the Tramp vibes because. Oh, um, yeah. But that's like it, it was trying. It was like trying to set like the imagery in like the Pride and Prejudice book that we do know. Right. But, but like, if we're looking at this the modern tramp. spin and say like, oh, well, everyone knows what Midwestern is. No, so we let don't. Me just like throw no. that. Listen, like I don't know why she's saying Midwestern because from what she described, it looks more like something like you said from Lady and the Tramp, which would make it more of like an old New England type of look, like New England up near New York. Yeah, no, in that's my what I'm head, saying. like she threw that in there to try and make it make sense, and it makes zero sense. Like it in my head, I see early two thousands, late nineties probably like sitcom romance yeah if we're talking actual quintessentially midwestern homes we're talking houses we're talking most houses that have probably been the newest houses if this is like an older place is probably built in like 
the 60s and hasn't mm-hmm. seen a good paint job since. <laughs> like, that's that's at least the town I'm from. But unless she's on from one of the rich, like, fancy people streets where all of the houses are mansions from the 1800s, which I'm assuming this is because she describes her house in vivid detail. Well, see, I'm trying, to but yet she likes without, detail like, for the characters. Yeah, I'm trying to read this without like kind of putting in that like, oh, well, the description says that it's this book without with like a modern spin and not set in like the time period Pride and Prejudice would have been. So like, I'm trying to read it like I'm trying to pull the this from like the actual text and be like, can can this be modern? And the only indication that it's modern is Taylor Swift. <laughs> and that doesn't really that doesn't give it a date either though so that's no no I'm but like, it makes sense that's why everyone thinks like, darcy's old that's a but, fact that's actually but interesting it's so confusing because she keeps saying okay so the only time indicator is that it's like taylor swift so it's like okay i got yes. i know i know when taylor swift exists okay like we are in that lifetime this makes sense but then they keep saying like eight years ago and eight years ago and eight years ago and i'm like i feel like this is important but you don't tell me what year it is but like it would be helpful to know how many years ago like what year it was eight years ago to actually make that a timestamp because it just feels unimportant for you to tell me eight years ago because yeah. I don't even know what today is. I'm going to assume it's the publication year, which was 2017. So eight years ago would have been 2009. But the okay. text needs to tell me that. Yeah. I don't want to examine I don't the have to do the math to for that. that out. Yeah. So, okay. So she talks about her life in New York. And this is where I'm getting a lot of the the assumptions that she is depressed as shit because she talks about like her office Christmas parties where Mm -hmm. she would spend an hour or two swatting away the advances of much older men and trying not to look as bitter and grim as she felt and I said yikes because and they they had an option she had an option right there to like if you want to talk about like how maybe the life she worked for isn't all it's panning out to be you could make a commentary about how women are treated in the workforce especially in certain fields that are considered boys clubs but then Mm. she just jumps into talking about how and then she goes on a shopping spree and then blackout gets blackout drunk every christmas to the point that she can't remember the past eight christmases and it's like is this woman okay? Because, like, at this point, it isn't just, like, she doesn't like her big city job. It's, like, this woman is miserable. And at one point, I said, on God, Darcy, we're going to get you some self-worth. That's here in the notes, and I felt like I should share it. With the whole, like, New York thing and, like, how sad New York is and how sad it is to be there, like, it feels like she's just as sad to come back because she's met with that same negativity from her dad and the same, like, outsider feeling yeah from the rest of the community like it feels weird to me to have this like cold new york city stereotype but then be like oh but it's lively and warm here but i feel just as uncomfortable like it didn't make sense to make that yeah. distinction and her feel exactly i the think same in i folk. think there's well, an issue with the, reason the writer i'm assuming because she's oh can sorry. i say something real quick real quick i promise yeah. it'll be quick yeah, yeah yeah sorry i think that our writer our author is kind of trying to both make do the i'm not like other girls trope and in both areas in her life and it doesn't make sense because if you're not like other girls you have to decide where you feel home 
and she doesn't feel home in neither in Ohio or New York, which I'm going to guess is the male protagonist is going to be yep. her new home. And that's, that's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah, that's what I was Oh, gonna never say. mind. We're the same person, Bailey. I'm yep. telling you. <laughs> we, we were on the exact same wavelength. The reason they're setting up is that she wasn't comfortable in New York, but she's also not comfortable back at home with her parents. Oh, look at this. It's Luke Bennett, the man who's never left Ohio. My dream. <laughs> no sense like it does like and I know if she's that... so hot as she states she is why the hell is she only attracted ohio men there's so okay. much corn okay so, so much corn in this to, world we, we need to keep the ball rolling so throughout the plot she has now arrived at the home she opens the doors and walks in and she's describing the christmas decorations that the her her mansion that has she wants you to know 24 windows on the front of the house 12 oh on top and 12 on bottom it's very big she wants you See, to know that's this what made me so upset also <laughs> about the distinction between how like cold new york city is versus how like home like and like warm this small town is because like how would she know that if she's got a mansion in a small town and it's got 24 windows on the front of it like it's she not home that small town feeling like she no. would literally like be so far removed from the rest of the town because i don't know about you but i've lived in a small town and <laughs> if you have a mansion like that you are very far removed like oh the for place sure that i go to work the people who live in the big houses like you don't even pass by those you have to turn like two you yeah. have to turn down two different streets to get to them and they're all a part of the country club they have yep. nothing to do with small town life nope. like at but all. but and, can i say something about yes. the writer at this point she starts giving me this image i start imagining how this house looks i can even smell right. the freaking gingerbread yeah that i can smell it so deep in my nose that it's giving me diarrhea because i cannot <laughs> eat gluten that's how strong the gingerbread smell is and i love that because like you see this twinkle here where melissa just like her her writing blooms just slightly and then it crumbles yes again. right see, that's, what I was, that's what i was talking about i think i was talking about it like before we started like recording but it was like you know there were moments where like i was like really impressed with like the writing like i was yeah. like oh this is like a really good line like i really like this mm -hmm. and then she'd meet it with like and then she started chewing on her bottom lip. Like, please stop. Yes. Like, please continue to write like you were two sentences ago, because that's what I'm here for. Yeah, like, her description. I want you to say more stuff like, um, she said something like a little after she walks into the house, she says something about like looking up at the ceiling and it just being like this white void. And it was like right at the right moment where she was talking about being uncomfortable in both places. And I was like, oh, that was like genius to put right there. Like that makes sense. Like yes. that was a really good line. Yeah, since and the house is defined. She how continues she feels. to talk about the rest of the house and then like talks about her dad and how angry he is for like two pages. And I'm just like, what what's the point? Like yeah. can we just go back? I want like, I want to talk about her description of the house. This is the points that a rant I went on earlier. Um so, okay, I, Goodness. she talked about how hanging from the frames of all the doors and the chandeliers, multiple chandeliers, yes, they are very rich. Anyways, she talks about how there is mistletoe and real poinsettia berries, and poinsettias don't have berries. I looked it up because I wanted to know, like, what the imagery was in my head. If I can't, like, picture, like, a certain type of, like, 
someone mm-hmm. describes something, I'm like, I don't know what that is. I'm going to Google it. And I'm like, poinsettia berries? I can only picture the flower. And I look it up and I'm not seeing anything. And then I see arrangements where they are put into a flower pot with holly berries. And I can hear Walter purring. That is very sweet. Sorry, I had to share. It was really cute. <laughs> oh my God, my heart literally stopped for a hot second. Oh my God, I I'm love in, you, Walter. I love you, Walter. <laughs> Anyways... So I'm pretty sure Melissa de la Cruz thinks that poinsettias have berries when in reality they don't. And I think she was thinking of Holly. That is all I wanted to say about that. But there is a line that says in New York, there wasn't enough room for such extravagant displays of wealth. And I'm like, bitch, you are a rich ass woman living in New York. Your life itself is an extravagant display of wealth. Like, what are you talking about? Also, can I go with, back for a my second? Issue with that that oh. was like a, uh, um, like that trend that's on TikTok right now. That's like, oh my god, know, what's like what's uh, considered trashy if you're poor, but like classy um, if you're rich. Classy if yeah. you're rich. Yeah, yeah. And like she's talking about like this display of wealth. Like no, like <laughs> yeah, no. It's one of the, it's one of those things like. Like, if someone else were to decorate their house like that, everyone else would be like, why are you trying so hard? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, can we we go back a little bit? Um, There's this really interesting thing also. I keep, it just keeps itching me about Melissa, is that she seems to think that women after a certain age are not considered beautiful unless they're your main character. Therefore, at 29, she's hot. And also, I, w- I kind of pissed me off where she was just like, oh, my lips were starting to get, like, older and not as plump, but they're still plump, but I think I'm going to put some filler in them. Right? Like, like why would you say that? Like, you're degrading your character. She See, this is my issue with it. It adds nothing to the story. There's nothing. It just shows that she has a certain amount of vanity. Yeah. That's it. That's it. That I don't get anything. And I think that's the main issue with Melissa, even though she seems like a sweet lady. Which, by the way, I, I, I was reading this while, while I was just going, she has other books, and she's writing Oh, we're not, there, sc- we're not there yet, we're not there yet. No, but give me a second, she has a <laughs> high school musical, the musical, the series, the road trip coming out. <laughs> oh, no! oh my god. I love this woman, she's so oh. awesome. I love seeing Latinas, like, like, striving out, that's awesome. Go, my queen. Love Go, you, Melissa. queen. Melissa, we love you. Yeah, please, okay. if she hears this... I love you, girl. Yeah, we love you, Melissa. We love you. This is just, uh, this is just, this is so much fun. This is just, we're, (laughs) this is good fun. Like we said at the beginning, it's not good, but it's not bad. We're just having fun here. It's the plot of a Hallmark movie. I do this with everything. I've done this with Shakespeare, so, you know, don't (laughs) like. (laughs) Okay, so now we get to the line that introduces her dad that immediately set me up to hate him. No, let me finish. The line is, not much frightened Darcy Fitzwilliams, but her father did. And I'm like, okay, red flag number one, I'm not going to like this dude, and I was right. But, so she walks into the room, her dad opens the door, is like, whoa, 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 looks who it is. And she looks over and she sees her mom lying in her bed, but they give this, like, description of, like... It's like this dramatic imagery of like her sick and pale mother lying in this beautiful, luxurious canopy bed. With the nurse. With the nurse. Don't forget the nurse. Right, okay. And then it's revealed that she had a heart attack today. Eight, 
18 hours ago. She should, Not 24. She 18 should. hours ago. I, I'm pretty sure she should still be in the hospital. Can at I this read point? you my notes? Can yes. I can I read it says, yes. excuse me, where is, where is this heart attack from? The mother coming from. Why is this till three-fourths of the chapter of of chapter one? Darcy is telling us why she came to Ohio. Why? And then also, can we go back for a second? When she sees her dad. She legit says his full name. Yeah. His full name. That I have never in my life, even if have I never seen, I haven't seen my dad in eight years or something. I, he lives with me, so I see him every day. But if I hadn't seen him in eight years, I wouldn't be like, ah, yes, there is Rafael Miranda Herrera, La Corn Cruz. I wouldn't be that. <laughs> I wouldn't do that. That's, that's hot. Okay, yeah. Hold on, hold on. It's supposed to, I think it's supposed to illustrate the fact that her and him are not on good terms. Before, I understand, but that's so bizarre. No one talks to their parent like that. Yeah. Uh, what were you saying, Emily? too far into the parents, I want to back up a little bit because there's a lot to unpack with the parents. I want to back up a little bit and talk about, what's her name? Lorna? The, like... Yes, the nanny. What, what is? Yes, is she like the nanny maid? I don't yes. know. She's a nanny. She's a nanny and a maid. Okay, see, <laughs> this is my issue because she literally says that like she would like jump in her arms and stuff like that, or like run to her and hug her and just be so excited and just like talk to her all the time. And, and she, practically, she raised practically raised her. Raised her. Yes. And this woman gets zero description. Like, <laughs> I could like draw you a picture of everyone else in this book. Except for the person who actually raised her. Like, why is that <laughs> not important? Like, she, the only thing that I know about her is that she's graying. Like, I don't know what she looks like. Yeah. I don't know, like, you know. Because but her also, dad, also I can the, picture as, like, taller than her because he seems very, like, looming. Yeah. yeah so no, but the, very, also like, the small, same problem dainty, goes with Edward. Know. Yeah. yeah. Like, Edward got so much description. And I didn't even know who he was for the first, <laughs> like, three pages. And then Lorna <laughs> practically raised this girl and I know nothing about her. Yeah. Like that make like what is that? No sense. I am very okay, so I was very confused at why like she wants to be independent and live off her own money and come into her own career and her dad who is is I'm assuming a millionaire is mad at her for, is they're basically doing the whole your small town family is mad at you for going to the big city and getting rich. Despite the fact that this isn't just a small town family, this is a rich family. You're what? It's it's very hypocritical to like you forgetting who you are and you're valuing money over family, and it's like you you did the same thing. You're a billionaire, sir. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> I and then I, and think then I said jealous. and then I said after that, <laughs> I said uh, he said she he was making like some snide comments to her. And her mom told him to knock it off, and he said it's hard to be nice at a time like this. And I said, well, "Sir, your daughter, your, your daughter is describing herself as physically scared, as visibly scared of you. And so maybe chill the fuck out, get off your high horse, and at least hug the kid you haven't seen in eight years. For fuck's sake, she's your only daughter. What are you doing?" <laughs> And then she talks okay. about she talks about like how she's actually seen her mom. So she hasn't seen her dad in eight years, but her mom has actually come up to visit her three times. One of them was when Darcy was hospitalized for stress and lack of sleep, adding on to the fact that she blackout drinks every Christmas and is constantly being like sexually harassed at work. I am very worried for Darcy right now. Darcy I'm needs so therapy for her because she constantly talks about how she like doesn't have any friends. 
And like that's yeah, that's thing. like a good chunk of it. That's she just doesn't talk to that people. I have written down. That's like. I literally said in my notes that that's the only reason I truly want to continue reading is to know what her friend situation is because she brings up having friends and like have been and has been out with her friends and like done stuff with her friends like at nightlife what have you in Ohio and then also in New York she's talked about both of those things but she's hmm. like oh but I don't have any friends anymore she says like, she yeah she said that was when I had time for friends and it's like what do you how long ago did you stop hanging out with your friends Darcy I'm getting worried like yeah. and then okay so we get more snide comments from her dad where yeah. her mom has said you're just in time for the Christmas par party and Darcy is like oh shit I don't want to go to a fucking Christmas party but she can't come up with an excuse and she one of the excuses is that I don't have anything to wear and her dad makes a sarcastic you don't have anything to wear you're Darcy Fitzwilliam and I am officially on the I'm ready to beat this man up train but he then tells her to go to Bloomingdale's but there is no Bloomingdale's in Ohio there's nothing in Ohio and I don't know it's why it's corn it's only corn I don't know why Melissa Ohio is actually mo more wheat Oh, excuse me, Bailey. Yeah, the Wait. corn's in Illinois. The corn's in Illinois and Indiana. There is a lot of corn in Ohio, though, I will say. There's a lot of corn, but there's also some wheat fields in there. But I don't know why, of all the settings, like, the, of all the picturesque settings you could pick, why Ohio? I don't understand it. And then... And then they <laughs> That's have the so whole, true. Like, I didn't even think about that. She's like, I can't come up with an excuse not to go, which means I have to go. And it's like, you are living for other people right now, Darcy. You just got on a flight from New York and your mom almost died. I think you have a pretty good excuse to not want to go to a party. You can just not go. You can just say no because you don't want to. You have a therapist. I'm sure they've told you this. Oh, yes. And can I also say there's this uh, this thing I quoted. This is what it says. But yes, we know Mr. Fitz, uh, Fitzwilliam interrupted, then s stared past her silently. She could imagine what he was thinking. Your partner, you're partnered at the second largest hedge fund in in the New York City. <laughs> the. I think it's supposed uh, to be in the New York City. I know. City. <laughs> You're practically a princess. You don't have one single weekend or a holiday to spare for your family. And you know what? I feel so bad for her. Because just, that just shows that that man gave her the dirtiest look. Yeah. The dirtiest look. Also, your own father like, looking at and he But must, I'll give you her this she can, one. She can only imagine this stuff if he's already said stuff like this to her before. Yeah, so it's clearly that he does not have any remorse to her. And to him, she is a... Commodity. Thank you. I said it, it should right. should say something to him that, like, she clearly wants and is, like, screaming out silently to, like, be around people who care about her. But by, she can't. Like, by, like, not wanting to be in this job because it takes her away from her family, but then staying there because it still takes her away from her family because she doesn't want to see him. Like, that yeah. should say something mm -hmm. to him, and I just don't think yeah it is at all yeah this is the point where her dad she basically she's agreed to go to the party and her mom tells her you look tired fucking her mom's dying on a bed she goes wait you can look i say tired. something really quick yeah really yes. quick that quick so that i kind of like what what what's her name um i Lorna? totally forgot her name Lorna? melissa melissa, melissa the she, author. yes our, our author did and she told us 
that her the the protagonist's mother loved eating bignets. I can't pronounce that word. Bignets. Bignets. Thank you. It is a freaking donut. Shut the hell up. You had a heart attack because you ate donuts and you're a heavy smoker, okay? I said it. I'm sorry. I feel bad for this woman, though. And she said her mom doesn't plan on quitting either, and it's like, that's... And I wonder why, because her husband keeps pushing her daughter away. God, it's canon. Right? She keeps... she has an addiction, and she also later talks about how she loved uh, drinking, too, like, yeah. as a hobby. Like, you don't just drink as a hobby. That's a, that's alcoholism, sweetheart. <laughs> yeah. And so she finally <clears throat> decides, okay, I'm tired. And then her dad's like, I'll have Lorna show you where her where your room is. And she's like, wait, 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 no, 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 no. She says, she says, Dad, I've lived here all my life. Why wouldn't I know where my room is? And he goes, Well, eight years is a long time. I want to make sure you I remember. Know. And oh I'm like, God. and then it, and then it says Darcy just c- quietly takes the jab. And I'm like, Darcy, stand <clears throat> up for hard. yourself. <laughs> Don't let him talk to you like that. The fact that it's that she's just like quietly takes it. I'm like, oh God, stop it. Like it doesn't I make any sense why she quietly takes stuff like that either because. She, like, is on her own money. Like, he says, or yeah. like, she yeah. explains that she doesn't like, owe them anything. He doesn't give her any money anymore and isn't going to because she chose to leave and not marry Carl. So, like, not as she needs the money. on her own money. She's clearly making it. Like, I don't know if everyone else in the story is aware of how expensive it is to live in New York, but, like, she's clearly making it. She's yeah. fine. And, I like, mean, she's, she's working still, the like, second oh, largest hedge fund in the New dad. York. It's like, no, you can say something because what is he going to do? Not give you money? He's already doing that. Yeah. What's he going to do? Keep you from the family? He's already doing that. Like, just say something. Yep. Can, can I also say, I don't understand why we ha- it had to be a heart attack. I know. Like, I, like it could have been pneumonia. It a heart attack? <laughs> yeah it could have been something like she's if she's if like it's supposed to be like illustrating that your mom is getting older and you haven't seen her in a while she's like, probably like you, like have her like, like have, take a, a bone yeah take a like... fall like have her take a fall like but like like a heart attack is like something like now she has a condition and i'm worried it's gonna happen again i know and, and know, can i say you know that she just... later says this just hear me out and i wrote this I'm so happy. It's almost like I didn't have a heart attack. Excuse me? It's you didn't okay. have a heart attack? I'm so oh, happy. No. 24 hours ago. 24 hours ago. I'm so, I'm so 24 happy. 24 hours ago. Your heart stopped doing what it's supposed to fucking be doing. Keeping you alive. And now you're so happy. It's like that didn't even happen. And you know what she's going to do? She's going to smoke and she's going to drink and she's going to eat her donuts. Right. All because of a Christmas party. And it's not even going to be like a fun Christmas party with like your friends and family. It's 200 fucking people. That's like the whole goddamn town. What? (laughs) Of Ohio. Like if that is a small town, like that's everybody except for everyone who has to keep the fast food places running. Yeah. (laughs) Like, it's like Walmart's open and the fast food places are open and then everyone else is at the Fitzwilliam house. Like <laughs> They're just partying yeah. up, babe. So okay. So, that's chapter one. That's and can no. I give can I give my yeah. review? Yes, okay, give your review so, chapter one. Okay. My ch- basically, Darcy's dad is a dick. Yes. And after reading this, I had to sit down, pull out my switch, play two hours of Animal Crossing. <laughs> Just to and get it out. Recha- just, to, just like, I felt 
it was a trip. It, it, this is the thing. The writing itself, it, like, it's, it's, like, very juvenile, but it has common sense. Like, okay, I see this is where she's going. But there's just, like, these certain moments where I'm just like, I want to kill myself. Please, God, stop this. <laughs> but I love you, Melissa. Okay, keep doing it, girl. Yeah, but, but like, Melissa, the, don't the stop writing. We love you. Don't. No, honestly, get your money, girly. You can do it. This whole book is basically just, they hate to see a girl boss win. <laughs> honestly, yes. Because yeah, God forbid a woman makes... works. <laughs> the sequence of everything makes sense. Like, it makes sense that, like, okay, now you're in Ohio. Okay, now you're asleep. Okay, now you're doing this. But I just, I struggle to get through it because I just don't know how she's doing it. Because I just picture her standing there aimlessly thinking things to herself. And then suddenly she's, she's doing yes. another thing. Yeah, she doesn't, yeah, she doesn't talk about, again. like, I walked to my room. It's just, like, all of a sudden you're describing what your bedroom looks like. <laughs> and it's like, oh, we're here. Like, oh, so are we talking about chapter two now? Yes, okay, so I want to say something. So she walks into her childhood bedroom and she's ready to go to sleep. And she's describing that, like, she has this bookshelf. And, of course, the first book, the first book she mentions that got her through high school was The Great Gatsby! And let's not forget. No, can I find find it interesting also? She says... Um, war and peace just like she feels in her home and her life <laughs> it's a deeper meaning okay I find it very while she holds her stuffed toy like, little lion let's clarify that yeah, little I lion where it... she oh sorry let me say, give let me give a little synopsis <laughs> she picked up her little stuffed toy little lion that her father gave her when she was nine years old and she was a very serious and very like adult like kid and because it was a lion and it was small she named it little lion and she wanted she, to clarify because she didn't like making things up <laughs> yeah because apparently you can't have creativity and you just gotta be depressed as a god forbid right. okay so <laughs> what got the personality say, of a pencil what were you gonna say about the books emily so like the book thing bothered me because they're all classics <laughs> obviously right? and like i get it but i want i want you to show me a child a child an adolescent <laughs> A younger than 18, who's read War and Peace, (laughs) that you aren't terrified of. (laughs) That's literally, it's like, I can think of, I won't, I won't say their names, but I can think of a few people who I went, we went to school with, uh, Mm. a certain person that Brayden described as looking like a bear. Oh, yes, yes. (laughs) Reading War and Peace. This is my issue. He would. (laughs) Also, um... The Great Gatsby, I know for a fact. I'm not so sure about sense and sensibility. That's like a I, J- I think that's a Jane Austen book. It is, isn't it? Okay. I know. I know for a fact that um, The Great Gatsby hmm. was one of the books listed in the fan fiction and then also in the movie after as reason for whatever her name is <laughs> oh, no. to be like, you know, not the typical girl, which. You know, I'm not saying that people can't read The Great Gatsby. Like I said, it's a classic. Yeah. Like fucking everybody reads it, okay? But, but that's like, the point. They they always, just... Whenever they try to portray, whenever people try to, like, I'm writing this character and I want to portray that they are a book-loving nerd, and it's always The Great Fucking Gatsby. The book that literally everyone had to read in 11th grade and almost <laughs> no one enjoyed it unless they were reading it for the gay subtext. <laughs> like... Can I also like, say, I want to see Darcy as a teenager, not as a tiny adult. Because the way that I, I, I understand is, like, she was just never understood by anyone. But yes, we see like, the potentials that she has friends like, and people like that. her. 
Yeah. I want to see, and, like, give us I want to see Emo Darcy. Yeah. I want to see My Chemical Romance, Panic at the Disco, Paramore on her walls. You she, know sh- if this bit was written <laughs> War and Peace, yeah. she wasn't a prep. She wasn't the no, one no. who was like, you know, wearing She was rich and misunderstood. Emily, I don't think I've ever heard you. She had French. Refer- I don't think Emily. I don't think I've ever heard you refer to someone as a prep since the seventh grade. <laughs> I was really, you know, I was really inspired by that meme y'all sent earlier. It's really been sticking with me. I know. There's <laughs> the preps, me. and then there's me. God, like that's what I it feels wa- like. I want to see it's like, Darcy. And then there's me, Darcy, Darcy Fitzwilliam, reading fucking War and Peace under the bleachers. Shut up. <laughs> She's so softly sure. listening to her AirPod, like I'm not okay. It's like, it's like the, I'm fucking crazy, but I am free. <laughs> she wears lo- live, love, lot laugh shirts. Oh my god. Okay, so we get into we start getting into where she's describing the room, and this is where we start hitting a problem that I feel like is going to be recurring throughout the book based on how many times it happened in just these last few paragraphs. She described in thirty she desc- pages. She just desc- like let oh me, my god. She describes she's describing her room, and then she says there is some fresh cut flowers mm. sitting in a lacrosset vase, and I'm like. That's a brand name of vase. She couldn't even describe Ooh. a vase. Okay, so this is literally like you are describing your room. You're taking the time to describe flowers in a vase. You could be using some symbolism here. You could be using the flower and color symbolism your high school English teacher like burned into your brain. But instead, you just had like dead roses hanging yes, from her ceiling. Yes. Like, or but like, there's or like yellow roses because they're like not red ones to indicate that they're like you know she hasn't a lot of love there there's a lot of friendship there's a lot of like you know like but instead it's just instead it's just a a a nondescript flower we don't know what kind sitting in a brand name vase that i looked up and they're not even that cool like you can get them on etsy for like 10 15 dollars so as you should like me sitting here right now like tell me okay i'm gonna i'm gonna use the same descriptors and tell me how, if you could even picture this, okay? Okay. So, like, I'm sitting here on the bed. There's a bookshelf. Oh, God. There's a painting on it. There's a no. fan on the floor. Oh, no. And yeah, no. A it, mirror in a different room. Like, I it doesn't have, work. Like, where are we? Where are we? I have no idea. No. And see, it and could be the big thing. room and a little room. Also, a, it seems that yeah. she's poor. Like, honestly, the way she describes it, it, there's nothing in there. It's a barren room. Right, just this like could, a bed, this, a bookshelf, and she didn't one take teddy bear. To New York, there's no. just no way. This could be this, and this obviously, this is like obviously, it's like the perfect opportunity for like the symbolism and the imagery. But it also mm. is like a chance to like sh- you could describe some like a fancy vase filled with this beautiful flower arrangement to portray that you are now in this big opulent house that you don't feel like you fit in anymore even though this is your childhood bedroom you used to spend in every day and all of a sudden it's like here's this reminder that this is like this big giant mansion and all of a sudden this room doesn't feel like it's home anymore like yeah you, you but you have yes. like a flower that's like much shorter than all the other ones sitting out in the front you could have a flower 
that you can't even see the stem of, but the like head of the flower is like falling off and is like sitting on the table or like whatever. And like, where's the vase? Yeah. Where? Where's what the is vase? the? They don't even say what the vase. It's is on the on. floor. There's is just... it a tall one? Is it a little one? What type? What's like? Why are you not? You? She doesn't even give us a color. Yeah. Like, I know. Because if, it, it, cause if literally not say our black the vase. vase. Like so a black matte base, I can see that. That describes a person, place, <laughs> or thing. Um, Melissa, Melissa, if you want to take notes, <laughs> no offense. Bring no out offense. a pen and paper, sweetheart. And then, because okay, I know you know what they are. I know you do because there's so but many she can places write. This where is you the describe thing. so many other she, things. We know I, she can write. Like okay. I think, I think it might that's be her first book, so I that's why she, she has write. issues. I think that's the issue. This might have been one of her first books where but she's nobody just told like... Her? Nobody told her. I don't see, think it was. Are you sure? I, it feels sure. juvenile. It feels young. And I can she was, see that there's well, a lot of potential her in her. Dirty if this was her first book. She was like 40-something <laughs> like when she wrote this. She's 49 right now. Oh, she's my mom's age. Uh, she wrote this in 2017, <laughs> oh, so she, she only wrote this... A few... No, she's she wrote Blue, Bo- Blue Bloods and Witches of East End... Uh, she wrote something with Alexander Hamilton, and I can't get over I that. I actually own that book. I haven't read it yet, though. Is it good? I, I saw I it. I haven't read it yet. I'm really happy that I can see, like, a Latina writer. That makes me so happy. Yeah. So, okay, so another thing, she talks about, again, going back to, like, the whole, she did not at all use imagery <laughs> like she could have. She talks about how jarring it is to go from New York to here, but she doesn't give us any actual good descriptions of the room she's in to show us how, and she doesn't tell us what her life was like back in New York, so we don't yeah, know like, how jarring yeah, it is. Like you're just see, you're telling I'd us like our jarring, that, but you're not showing that, it to us. That quote with jarring is, I believe, the second metaphor for you can't go back home. Yes, and there's like yeah. three. There are three metaphors for that. I can tell yeah. within thirty-one pages of this book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that three makes sense. metaphors for you can't go back home, and I'm like, okay, I got that. Okay, I got it. Like yep. I know you can't go back home. Yeah. Like, because she clearly doesn't feel at home. And I also, I wrote down, I wrote my notes, oh, how jarring it is to go from an extremely wealthy life in New York City to an extremely wealthy life in this mansion in the Ohio countryside. Yeah, there's no culture <laughs> shock. There's no culture shock whatsoever, because there's also cows in I, New York, okay? Like, I think it would... <laughs> I wish our author could have decided to actually not give make her rich in in New York. Like, like, successful, but not rich. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. like, she's making it, but, like, but that's like it. she was like, then, like, maybe, like, an author yeah. who's written, like, a book, and she's working on it, she's getting some help. Like, right when you like, know, yeah. Yeah, like, you know. And, like, then she would, like, go back to Ohio and realize all these things that are happened to her and, like, how much this is affecting her writing. And now she's here and she's trying to, like, discover herself and reconnect with, like, this privileged lifestyle that she now doesn't have in New York. Yeah, like, it it could legitimately be a thing where she's in New York and she's like, okay, yeah, look at this, I'm making it, I'm making money. And then she comes back and she's, like, looking at the house that her parents have and she's like, oh, shit. Maybe I'm not actually doing as well as I thought. When really, you shouldn't put your val- your value on the money and you make. Money. And okay, so, okay, we're yes. getting off topic. We yeah. gotta go. Okay, yeah. now she talks about Carl, oh, her boyfriend who smells like carrot juice. 
That's Katie's own. That's Katie's own invention. Doesn't say. I feel like he does though. He smells like, like if, carrot if juice. He does construction work. I mean, who knows? I would like, like you to know that in my head, as soon as they said Carl, all I could picture in my head is Carl Weezer. Carl. Carl. Yes. yes. <laughs> and I always Carl. read. I always read the name Carl in that voice, like Carl. <laughs> Wait, what, where is that's that literally from? Literally, what happened? Like I had to Jimmy put my phone Trump. on. Mama's Jimmy no, Neutron. it's Llamas, Llamas, Llamas with, with, with hats. hats. I'm talking Jimmy Neutron, Carl no, Weezer. No, I'm talking. I said, Carl. No, 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 no. Wait a second. Wait a second. Wait a second. I said Carl Weezer, <laughs> and you started doing Miss Fowl's voice. You said so. No, I she said Carl. It's the same voice. It really is, I guess. Yeah. Okay. So I want They're to say very disappointed. If, if, <laughs> okay, so we are doing right now. We're doing a modern, gender bent retelling of of uh, Pride and Prejudice, and in yes. Pride and Prejudice, it is the main character Elizabeth. Obviously, we're now seeing this from Darcy's point of view, and Darcy yes. is the female. Now, in the original, it is Elizabeth that is being forced to get married. So we could be seeing this from a different point of view. This is a gender bent retelling. But instead, we're just going to transfer the whole parents want daughter to get married onto Darcy when that's not. It should. It should I be don't honestly. Really see the imagery of Pride and Prejudice like at all? No. Like, I know these names are Pride and Prejudice. Oh yeah. I'm just, I'm no. Just like I don't get the vibe of like like these characters don't like relate to each other in the same way they did in Pride and Prejudice. Like I just don't. I feel like. If you, you just wanted to wanted be to use their names, yeah. so you made it a Pride and Prejudice thing, and so like, also I, just, I, I kept expecting to like <clears throat> see more of that imagery, and there just wasn't any, and I was like, also I, I'm like forgetting who Darcy is. Yeah, in Pride and Prejudice, yeah, Mr. Darcy. In, yes. Oh, he's isn't like, he's Mr. Like, Darcy super giving and like super he's, like he, well, gentle see, the whole thing, and understanding? No, with Mr. Darcy, it's that he comes off as very cold and very yeah, but he's sweet. But uh, but then like. So that's why Elizabeth, who is like a very stubborn go-getter, she's looking at Darcy and she's like, this man is an asshole and I don't like him. And then slowly she comes to learn about all these charitable things he actually does. And she's just overheard a conversation where she misunderstood what he was talking about. Mm -hmm. And she assumes he's an asshole from then on and realized, oh, that was just my prejudice He's and actually really very. That's why it's I'm called really Pride Prejudice. I'm really Ooh. nervous that that's gonna be the whole like point. As yeah, well. I don't think. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if it's gonna go there anymore. And like all yeah. this stuff, and then it's gonna be like that's like it's the exact same thing, but you know, Darcy's just a girl this time, and I feel like <laughs> so much time is spent. Even in these 30 pages of these first two chapters, a lot of time was spent trying to explain how cold Darcy is to have that same imagery, but then back it up and be like, but, but, but she's not a bitch. Right. So. That's just like, that's supposed to be something that mm. is revealed through her actions. Like we think we're supposed to think Darcy is a bitch. And then Darcy starts doing nice things for people and being nice to people. And you're like, oh no, that's just how she appears. Darcy's actually nice. Like yeah, there can be like um, reader to text like prejudice. Yes, with that. Yes, yeah. Like, just Kate, not... um, let it happen. Let it happen, Melissa. Let the so readers think Darcy's a bitch. Let the readers <laughs> think Darcy's a bitch, and then realize, oh shit, I was making assumptions. That's like how you engage with your readers. <laughs> okay, well, but going back to the to the story, because I think we're kind of getting off topic since of the Carl comment. Yeah. There is this big chunk of chapter two where it's basically her 
explaining what her father basically did to her, which is so horrendous. He is selling his daughter, okay. which gives me which gives me the illusion that this man only sees his daughter as a sort of commodity that he has mm-hmm. to sell so someone could take care of her. Yes. Which is so weird. And, and like, his whole women, thing? I understand women need protecting to a certain extent if they want that protection. If they want that. But you can't force that on mm-hmm. her. Anyways, her dad is way too worried yes. about her reproductive health yes. and, like, her sex life. I'm like, okay, like, and are we in the eight, like, because, the 1900s? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like, it doesn't make any sense because it's supposed to be a modern version. I obviously know that there's still those... Um, those ideas. Prejudices right. against women and, you know, AFAB people. But, like... But even if here, this is a like modern here, retelling, like this would be an indication with their like her dad is like, well, this is what I want, but I'm very proud that like you are doing like what I did. I'm glad yes. that you're sticking it to him, and you know you're not doing that. Yeah. Or, like I guess ne- not necessarily like that's what he still wants, but that's what he was expecting. And then he was like, and he can be like happy that she did something outside of what he expected, and was like, you know, just proud. And of this her is like general, causing he's so not, much depression. And he's just to her. an asshole. And he's yes. <laughs> okay. And it's annoying. What I don't understand. What I don't understand is that from what we've heard up until now is that Darcy chose to leave, and even from her perspective, she chose to leave. Her dad's acting like you chose to leave. You're a bitch for not coming back. And then we find out that she was dating this guy named Carl, and her dad. And her dad said, "I want you to marry him." And she said she tried very hard to feel passionate for him, but she couldn't. So she broke up. Her dad kicked her out, cut her off, and then refused her access to her inheritance because she wouldn't marry him. And then he has the nerve to be pissed that she wouldn't come back in eight years. Like, what are... You kicked her but out. Why else would what he are be you talking about? about exactly. If she wasn't gay. Like, and then I know. <laughs> and I'm just saying that. And, and later she says this. The quote I, t- I, co- I told you guys earlier. Nobody could understand me the, the way an inanimate object did. Do you know how sad that is? That's a gift from her father. That was probably one of the few times that she sees her father in a good light. And she confides in this object, probably. So, and she it's also so sad. Left it at home. And she, she left, left it at it. home. And I feel because like he so broke sad. her heart. She that's needs the thing, like, therapy. Is that like he doesn't go in her room and look and see like oh she left this like he just sees it as like oh she left this and now I'm upset that she's gone and she left all this stuff and she doesn't care like she clearly cares she loves this and carried it around obviously yeah. from her description her long drawn out description mm-hmm. of what this was <laughs> like she clearly cares about it but she chose to leave it at home like she chose to leave it at home packing is not a like frantic thing if she left to go to school you know yeah or what yeah. have you like she packed intentionally especially if she got on a plane to go there it had to be intentional yep okay so there okay there's a point where she is lying in bed and she is questioning. Oh. She's questioning if she made the right decision in breaking up with Carl. And like, obviously, like the book is trying to set up that her life in New York isn't making her happy. But her life with Carl is obviously not making her happy either. And I am very worried that the moral isn't gonna be she's not happy with Carl or with her parents or with New York because she's 
not because she's needs to learn how to love herself, but because she just hasn't found the right man yet. And I know that's what it's going to be. I know she's going to find Luke and be like, that's what I was missing. And it's like, God. But then she goes on to call herself out loud. She calls herself pathetic. But then no. goes on. Th- then she goes on to repeat what her therapist told her to herself over and over again, which is like, okay, props to Melissa here. Because she portrayed having a therapist as, like, not only, like, good, but also normal. And Which not is something... so hard in yes. media. And yes. That was, that was one of the info dumps that I actually liked and, like, made sense to have. Because sometimes you can't get away from that. Like, you have to tell your readers the, these things. Yeah. And, like, I think that was, like, a really good place and really good like, placement to put that. Because it was, like, you know, she said something and you're like, oh, my God. And then she's like, oh, but I'm in therapy. And it's like, oh, okay. The information, like, made sense to follow up what had just happened. Yeah. When... Literally a paragraph before that, the information to follow what had just been said made mm-hmm. no sense. Yeah. I re- actually wrote in my notes, oh, thank God she has a therapist. <laughs> but I was so worried She for needs this woman. it. The, okay. She seems like such a depressed character. And, like, I'm glad that as the, the writer is starting to realize that, like, hey, maybe this is a sad ca- character trait that, that her, her yeah. father doesn't care about her so at all as Maybe a human I should being. give her a therapist. <laughs> Perhaps. <laughs> okay, so we are almost done with the description. So wait, give me a second. Okay. We gotta co- talk about the PJs. Yes, that's what oh I'm getting to. Okay, oh Lord. not oh just Lord. not just the pajamas. Not the, just the pajamas. Oh, the purse. So the purse. She, she gets them out. She gets the Kate Spade decadent pajamas out of <clears throat> her Louis Vuitton suitcase. And I kept. I wrote in my notes the brand names. Please, no more. <laughs> Can I just Why? say? Tell she me what tells they us. Were. She doesn't even the say the name. color. She didn't say the color, how big this luggage was. My like, issue with the ugh. whole pajama situation is <laughs> that she literally got them out. She got them out. Did not wear them. Okay, sometimes you just fall asleep. She fell asleep holding all her shit. Whatever, okay? <gasps> oh, Lord. don't care. But my biggest issue was that when her, Lor- Lorna comes back in, she, like, changes into them and, like, has this whole, like, monologue almost about why she's changing into them. And I just was reading this, and it was so pointless. It was so (laughs) incredibly pointless to first have her fall asleep holding her shit, and then to change into her pajamas so she seemed normal. Just have her put her fucking pajamas on and still fall asleep holding her shit. Like, that would make so much more sense. And then, like, the whole, like, oh, she could have been like, oh, shit, let me look normal. And she could have, like put all of her shit back in her suitcase real quick, like, threw it on the floor, and then, like, got on the covers. It was like, okay. Yeah. Like, that would have made so much more sense. Like, that would have been, like, okay. Like, I guess you're a little weird. I guess, you know. But you she a lot slept going on, in... Like, you're trying to act uh, normal. That, that okay. would make sense to me. I gotta to clarify. She slept in it. You specifically got out, and then you're holding them? I don't know. It triggered something in me that I just cannot... Can I, I clarify something, though? She slept in the clothes... That she was in a plane there on uh. at least two to three hours. This woman slept in. <laughs> she slept in airport clothes. Well, I feel like I feel like maybe it's a little more acceptable because this isn't really set in a COVID world. But like, right, at but the same time, no, no, there was, there had to have been. Some coughing, sneezy, sticky-handed toddlers on this airplane. I've been a germaphobe all my life, and I know for a fact, pre-COVID, 
planes are some of the dirtiest places. They're so germy and gross. Like, at least she's rich. She'd be in the part that literally got cleaned as soon as they got up and they wipe your ass for you. So, like, that is true. They wipe your ass for you. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we are officially at the end of chapter two. And my final. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Can we say later? The nanny comes back in and brings her breakfast. Yes, breakfast. That in bed. woman does not get paid enough. No, that so, woman okay. doesn't get paid, get paid enough, and enough. she doesn't even get a good descri- description. No, like everybody <laughs> <Okay>. else did. <laughs> she like, brings... everyone else got a dump of like these are what my lips look like, and these are what my eyes look like, and this is like kind of how my body is built. And then Lorna gets graying. Yes. Okay. And I'm like, okay. and another thing about the breakfast in bed thing. Okay, so she gets up. She changes into her Kate Spade decadent pajamas. She eats one orange slice and then leaves. <laughs> like she brought Me. you breakfast. What are you breakfast. doing? Breakfast. Okay. Eat it. Right. So my fi- my final note is about Lorna. I said, uh, Lorna seems nice, and I doubt she gets paid nearly enough to deal with this family's bullshit. Oh my god. Can I give my review? Yes, you for can. Chapter two. <clears throat> Our demisexual protagonist just needs a friend. I'm starting to think her dad is jealous of her daughter because she probably makes more money in New York than he ever did in Ohio. Probably. and Probably. My review That's my synopsis. is that I never know what time it is. I never know what day <laughs> it is. And I don't know how anybody is moving and where they're moving to until they are suddenly in that place or speaking to certain people. Also, can I say that why is there... S- Within two chapters, we have two descriptions of different flowers, but not the one, but not the ones in the vase. (laughs) I know. I just I remember this. We did like symbolism in seventh grade with the Lion King. Like, yeah, come on, it's it's right there. It's right there. Like, I almost am, like, sitting here, like, inputting my own symbolism. Like, oh, this should be red, so I'm going to make it red. In my, in my mind, yeah, in like, my mind, I'm writing a better book. <laughs> in my, see, if, if it was my world, I see Darcy as a dark-haired woman with dark eyes, dark circles. <laughs> she wears only black. She has a very skin-paley look to her. Maybe she has, like, purplish tones undertones and she has really bad mascara skills but she's really smart and well-spoken also can i clarify See, something my, my, well my whole she thing- doesn't tell us what her job is she's like i make money okay but how what do you a, do she's like a partner she's at a, a firm but like what does yeah mean? but what do you do like, that part- means okay. so much i literally looked it up because i wanted to know she says she's a partner at a head as at a head fu- hedge fund uh firm whatever and i looked it up and it's like someone someone online described hedge funds as like it's basically stock markets but only for like the elite and typically okay, the people but who n- reading not... pride and prejudice and then also reading this book is going to know that i know see but see <laughs> I... Like... see I, and i was looking into it and someone described it as essentially it's rich people paying other rich people to lose their money for them so that's that's basically that's all i know about okay if she wanted okay like i said earlier she wanted to keep her rich you know what she should have done like a like some sort of like manager or like a worker at a business firm accountant or like top manager of some sort or like investor like i don't know what a hedge fund thing is and i went to business school 
I yeah. to, I don't know what that is. Don't ask me what that is. Be like, hmm, she's an accountant. Huh, I know what accountant it's is. It's basically stocks Everyone and bonds. Everyone knows what accountant yeah. is. That is the end of our episode, y'all. I think we've hit the end of, oh the end of our runtime. Oh my God. Here we go. I That's the end of our first it. episode. All right. Um, uh, any, any last words, you guys? All right, y'all. You can find us on Instagram at the Dusty Shelves Pod, and I will be getting a Twitter set up fairly soon. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. And if you could please tell me, if you're reading along with us, could you please tell me what time you think it is and what day you think it is in this setting? Because I'm lost. All right. Thank you. We'll see you next week with another two chapters. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. <laughs>